it's here, finally. Hello, this is the debut episode of The Game of Rassilon Season 4, Regenerated. We want to thank everyone. I know there's been a bit of a longer gap between seasons than usual. So we want to thank you uh, for bearing with us. We're really proud of the work that we've done so far. We cannot wait for you to start listening. We're going to open our shows with this little bit of waffle going forward. It's just me talking about our social media presence and our patrons. So I'm going to do that right now. You can find us on social media. We are Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. Uh, we also have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Pod. Join our community. We have a Discord server full of amazing people making fan art, talking fan theories, and just generally being awesome. Plus, you do get to help support the show, which I think is a pretty big deal. You get to help us make this thing. Patreon.com slash Pod. Here's a fun fact. Our Patreon backers got to listen to this yesterday. Unless... Uh, you're one of our Patreon backers listening to this now, in which case everyone else has to wait till tomorrow to hear this. So there's a little, a little wibbly wobbly timey wimey, but you will, you'll, you know which one of those groups of people you are. Anyway, that's enough of me waffling. Let's jump into it with season four, episode one, Missing Time. There are many places in the universe that could vie for the title of Most Forgotten. Provided, of course, they've been remembered enough in order to make the list in the first place. There's a cemetery in Dawson, New Mexico, the only remnant of a ghost town pulled from the very earth when its mine closed in 1950. There's a lumber department and a hardware store in the northern province on Anaka 5, where synthetic materials replaced the need for wood a whole generation ago. And there's the coffee nook in the kitchen of Marjorie Davis, built by her husband Elmer when they first arrived on Centauri Lunar Colony 7, but replaced by daily stops at the local Tim Shalton's. But on this particular morning, if you asked her, the most forgotten corner of the most forgotten spot in the entire universe is the home of Lita Fain, a young humanoid woman who was just about to start her daily routine of fixing machines that seemed to serve no purpose and ships that seemed to never go anywhere outside of the distant, derelict station where she lives, known by the locals as the IS. The origins of the name forgotten over time, the colloquial debate rages over what the initials originally stood for. Most agree the S probably stands for station, maybe named after someone with an I name, or perhaps it meant intergalactic or interstellar or intermural even. Most of the residents, however, suspect the name has no meaning, and that the full name IS refers to the fact that their home simply just is. We join Lita on her way to her commute. Lita, describe yourself and your typical morning. Uh, Lita is a uh, a mechanic. She typically wears kind of uh, black, almost like cargo pants. There's the kind of lots of pockets, thick, heavy, well-worn boots that have probably walked the route from her home to work. Uh, God knows how many times. She has uh, kind of pigeon-colored hair, like a kind of blue-gray silver um, that is uh, kind of coming down to her shoulders, and she kind of has it very haphazardly just tied up in a uh, tied up in space buns uh, at the at the side of her head just to kind of keep her hair out of her eyes when she's working um, and she is almost always wearing a very battered and uh, well-worn well-loved leather jacket and uh, a pair of sci-fi welding goggles and she's tired you are tired it's a tough life on the is there's no real semblance of a circadian rhythm, any sort of cycle or understanding of when night and day is, and you kind of just stumble to work whenever it feels like it's time to do so, and stumble home when you feel like it's, it's, you're ready to be done. No one ever seems to really complain, no one ever seems to understand that there's a time when you should be there or not, and it wreaks havoc on your system. But, as often the case on your way to work, you stop at a small newsagent-type establishment run by a friend of yours named Doug, a middle-aged man, humanoid as well, graying hair, friendly, and, uh, you know, you chat, talk about your days, talk about your your mornings, and Doug is here this morning, and he has, he has a cup of coffee, or whatever passes for coffee on the IS that is for you. Ha! Young Alita, off, uh, off to another... Day in the salt mines, I believe. Yeah, certainly, certainly seems that way. Uh, did you uh, did you have a go at uh, trying uh, to add flavour to the coffee today, or are we sticking with the usual kind of nondescript? 
goo. Well, I did I did run it up the flagpole to Imelda, but she seems pretty stubborn in her feeling about not wasting spices on on beverages and right. you know saving them for the important dishes and, and making sure we ration them out properly. So absolutely. And have we done anything about the the texture? I just want to stress this is not bad coffee. It's just I think it's a little um, it's a little chewy for my taste. And I, I like I like I like it. I like it when it goes down smooth. You know, that's that's a good way to start what I hope is probably the morning. Well, the thing is, he says to you, I I can't really change it. Mm. Um, you know, I kind of, I get the supplies I get. When I go back to get more supplies, I have the same supplies, and that's kind of what I have. That's kind of what I'm working with. Okay. And uh, Imelda's not sharing spices. No one on the station seems to really share anything. Okay. All right. Um... Do you have any snacks or anything? I'm feeling a little peckish this morning. I didn't get a chance to eat on my way out. Oh, uh, yes, I think I do. And he fumbles around in, like, a little display case that's kind of near him. And he has a very bland granola bar that you feel like you've had the same granola bar from Doug every moment of your life. <laughs> every time every time you stop here to get a snack, it feels like it's just this one granola bar and it's it's wild that he seems to have such a supply of them. I, I just kind of I look at it in the packaging and I I think I th- I consider opening it for a moment and then I, I go to put it my put it in my inside jacket pocket alongside two from the previous two days that I put there and forgotten about. And I say thanks. I, I'll 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 definitely eat this. I'm sure it's fine. Great. Well have a great day. All right. You know where to find me if you need anything fixed. Sounds good. You start to head about your day, and we linger on Doug for a moment. And Doug is kind of cleaning the counter of his shop and wiping up a little bit of crumbs and a spill of coffee from when he had tried to pour it for you. And he hears a strange sound. And we follow Doug as he heads down an alleyway sort of next to his shop like a catwalk almost into the station and he follows the sound some more and then suddenly we see a blinding flash of light and Doug is gone Hello, everybody, and welcome to the game of Rassilon Regenerated. I am Riley Silverman, your game missy, and I am excited to welcome back our illustrious cast, many of whom are playing some new roles this season. So real quickly, we're going to say hello to, of course, uh, Joe Kate Lay, who is back playing the role of Carrie. Hello, Joe. Hello. I hope you had a restful and wonderful holiday season with you and yours please enjoy this asmr that i give you today on this sunday <laughs> welcome I'm, to the game I'm, of rassilon season four lie, it's, it's kind of working for me <laughs> it's kind of nice soothing as hell yeah yeah that was a good that's a you have a good asmr voice Joe. that's that's some npr level right there yeah thank you welcome again <laughs> oh my don't gosh. forget to subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> Joe, you should be playing the computer on a TV show. I should tell you that right now. <laughs> you should be... You know, uh, you know. I just need to flex that part of my uh, voiceover range, but uh, good to be back. Thank you, everyone. Welcome to Happy. Happy to have you back. I should point out, this episode will drop months after the holiday season, so <laughs> still, very lovely that you wish just a happy holidays. Uh, and you know, you can't have a sensual computer without a sensual engineer to help fix that computer, so welcome back, as always, Michael Nixon. Hello, Michael. Wait, uh, what? Um, uh, no, I'm just a normal engineer doing doing my thing, uh, ro- rolling dice. Hi, what's going on? How's everybody? Good. 
And uh, we just heard their dulcet tones playing a different kind of engineer, the mechanic known as Lita. Uh, hello, Ben Patton. Hello, Ben. Hello. Hello. As an engineer, I am contractually obligated to let you know that I cannot change the laws of physics. Well, we'll see about what? that. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I could. Like, three episodes ago, I could because I was the GM, but... Uh... I was ousted. Literally one episode ago, you could do that. <laughs> it was it was one episode. I mean, also I was not ousted. It was it was I I, I stepped down free, of my own free will. You you read that exactly as we wrote it, Ben. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. playing thank along. You. I really appreciate it. I want it. the wiki to state that I stepped down voluntarily. And you just heard his slightly scratchy voice introducing Dan Peck as the Doctor. Hello. Um, everyone should know that this is not a character choice. I have had laryngitis this week, but you know what? The show must go on and I couldn't be happier to be here. It has been a tense week of getting updates from Dan about his voice as days have gone on. And uh, it's been wild. So we're glad yeah. that his voice is here. I think it will work out well for a freshly regenerated doctor, but it has been a little bit of a wild thing. As, as of a week ago, I had zero voice. So this is practically yeah, a us, miracle. <laughs> you've been giving us percentage updates during the week. Like I remember getting one, one message from you that was, oh, I'm at 35%. Okay, well, yeah. that's... Function, functionally, that's zero. Dan, Dan, Dan's voice is a of computer a phone battery, essentially. Yeah, I, I th what, I, what I've chosen to believe is that Dan has been possessed by the ghost of John Hurt for his debut appearance as the Doctor. <laughs> And uh, this also might not make any sense to anybody, because if the audio is truly bad, then we'll probably have Dan re-record all of his lines. And so we'll have an episode that I was like, Dan sounds fine. Why are they bullying him? <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody's going to wonder why we're bullying Dan, Riley. Uh, I it's, think game, it's Game of Rassilon tradition. And not only do we have a new GM, a new companion, and a new doctor, we are also using a brand new game system. We are switching over to the Doctor Who role-playing game 2.0, which is also by Cubicle 7 in a, game, in a version that we are calling the Game of Rassilon Regenerated. So with that in mind, we will be playing with a whole new system that we have only played in a temporary Session Zero playtest before. So we're going to try our best to not bog down the recording with us learning the rules as we go, but we will try to explain things that are different and we will uh, call out some new things as we go along. And one of the things that is new about the game is that characters now have short-term and long-term goals. And I thought we would start each new adventure with discussing what those short-term and long-term goals are. And then we'll see how those play out as we go along. So let's begin with that. Uh, we just met her, so let's say hi to her. Lita, what is your short-term and your long-term goal? Uh, Lita's short-term goal is to leave IS, is to just get off the station uh, because she, uh, she's been stuck here for a while. And long-term, she wants to explore. She wants to see the universe. She wants to explore the galaxy, see sights, sounds, and, ah, uh, yes, the smells of the, uh, the, the modern universe. Great. Uh, Carrie, do you have any short-term or long-term goals? Yeah, if you don't have them yet, I don't want to put you all on the spot, I just realized. But if you have them, I'd like to hear them. Uh, I don't have any short-term yet because I'm not really sure where Carrie is. Fair. Uh, but her long-term goal is always to do the chaotic good thing. Yeah. And we did, we did also one thing in this game is that characters have focuses, which is a an element. It's kind of like it's almost like an alignment in D&D, &D, but it's a little more specific. It's like it's like a more specific term to your character. And uh, we decided that that uh, Carrie's focus is chaos. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> and uh, Lita, your focus is belief. Is that the case? We'll, we'll get into more about why as we move on. But that's the Yeah, Lita's focus is belief. Yeah. All right. And Dan, the doctor, what is your short term and your long term goal? And what is your focus? Uh, I'll start with uh, the short-term goal. Uh, the short-term goal is finish regenerating because uh, that is <laughs> that is always its own sort of process. And I think that's front and center right now. Um, and then so the long-term goal, I, I cheated and I wrote the usual because the doctor is always the doctor. And we know who the doctor is. I just think that's a good shorthand. Um, and my doctor's focus is wonder. Oh, I like that. So uh, I wonder what that will do. Exactly. Um, all right, shall we begin? We return now to the IS 
where a strange blinding white light has ripped through a segment of the station. And in its wake, it has removed an entire section of the station. We have now lost Doug's Gazette, his newsagent stand. We've also lost two facilities next to it. And we'll figure out what those are as things are going. But it has ripped through the section of the station, causing a almost like a bit of a quake and a shake as it's happened. And Lita, I think you would have noticed this. I don't think you've gone far enough away yet for it to happen. So you would suddenly feel this lurching sensation going forward. And it definitely feels like it came from behind you. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm almost certainly going to turn around to uh, check on the newsagents. It's gone. It's gone. What is in its place? What am I looking at? Sometimes on the IS, it's almost like reality has shifted around you. And what was once in a place is just no longer there. It's like hmm. the hallway that would have led around from the larder to and the, the gazette to a kind of a public square is now just connecting where your machine shop would be to this public square. You kind of cross through this square on your way to work to kind of have a view in the morning. And now it's as if that that is just the pathway now. Interesting. So it's just uh, I'm where I would previously have seen uh, Doug's Gazette is now I'm just now seeing like exterior facing wall or just kind of... Essentially, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, have, I, have I been aware of these kind of shifts in the past? You have been, and they they definitely are a hassle when they happen, but they also never feel like they shouldn't be happening. Mm. I think I uh, I think my reaction then is uh, is to kind of sigh wearily, make a note to find somewhere else to get coffee in the morning, and uh, head back to my shop. Okay. Uh, as you are heading to your shop, you hear a strange rustling amongst uh, a pile of debris. And there's there's lots of random derelict debris. This is an old rundown station. There's lots of parts that are always randomly lying around, garbage, detritus, stuff like that. So you kind of hear this commotion all of a sudden, as if something is inside of it. Uh, I stop for a minute, and I tell myself, I, I, I repeat to myself a couple of times, I just say, it's not my problem, it's not my problem. It's not my problem. And then I kind of almost annoyed with myself, relent and 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 turn to to walk towards the debris to see what could be causing the the issue. And I think as I'm approaching the debris, I say I I I, I think I kinda of yell, Is some someone under there? Hello? Dan, would you like to respond? <coughs> oh uh, do you have a lozenge? Uh not on me, no, I have a disappointing granola bar, but I think that's the exact metric opposite of, of a lozenge. Oh, uh, granola bar. Carrie, Carrie, are you okay? Carrie? And I start rustling around the paper trying to find Carrie. Okay, you're not, you're not, in, just because you're not in paper, you're under a pile of like machinery and, and stuff like that. Oh, I thought it was paper. Uh, well, I'm still m- no, like, lifting. Like old, like old discarded equipment and stuff yeah, like that. I'm, I'm still lifting, trying to find Carrie. The, the thought of snacks made me think of her. <laughs> I, I, I say, I mean, I'm not carrying any. They're just kind of in my pocket. I don't have to, like, lug them around. Did you, did you want one anyway, or what can... Place it in my to... mouth. I need my hands. <laughs> okay, and uh, I, I lean in and uh, just kind of place a fully wrapped granola bar uh, into into uh, this this strange person's mouth. And then I Wait, I hang say on. No, this mean... person's still pi- buried under a pile yes. of machines. Oh, so I can't even get to their head. You hear okay. them. You don't see them. Okay. I say, um, well, I mean, if I'm going to get to, I'm going to need, I'll tell you what, let me, and then I'm going to try to lift whatever is kind of. Okay. I'm, I'm going to try, start trying to lift debris off. We are going to have our very first roll of the game, Ooh, which my is. My very first roll. I'm very excited. It's everyone's very first roll, collectively. Lita, I'm going to have you roll your strength, and I'm going to have you roll, gosh, it should be strength and athletics. I know it's not a great role for you, but it's strength and athletics. Yeah, that's. I was thinking it sucks, but I'm I'm absolutely going to go for that. I was tr- I was athletics. trying to see if I could like give you technology because you're aware of like the machinery and stuff like that, yeah. but I just can't justify it's, that. So strength and athletics yeah, is going to be your first. Absolutely. Role. All right. So I'm starting with for the listener a two. Uh, I rolled uh, a three and a one, so that is six total with a with a one. 
So now we've come to our first one of the game, and as part of the Doctor Who role-playing game 2.0, sixes and ones are much more important in the game. On any roll, if you roll a one, you get a but. If you roll a six, you get an and. So in this case, it was already a failed roll, and you also get a but. And My so, first roll is, a, is, is a, an atrocious, disastrous failure. What was your total roll? Uh, my total my total roll was six. Total roll was six? Okay, so that's mm-hmm. both a failure and it's a no but. So uh, your no but is that not only are you unable to get this like stuff moved out from on top of this person but you have now gotten yourself a little bit stuck in this like muck of things too because you kind of waded into it to get to it and now you're like oh no now i'm stuck like i'm like wedged in okay um i I, sorry i i don't know i don't know your name but uh i i seem to have gotten myself in a i'm gonna say it's almost the same no i'm just gonna go ahead and say it's exactly the same situation that you now find yourself in i'm 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 wedged in well, it's always nice to have a partner when you're doing anything. So, welcome aboard. I, I and I think I think the doctor's going to try to like, I don't know, use his legs to like push a, a larger piece off. Maybe like I didn't skip leg day, so I'm going to like really give it a good uh, a good leggy push, <laughs> which is a term I just made up. Leggy push. All right, uh, <laughs> doctor. For your leggy push, I'm also going to have you give me strength and athletics. Okay. Oh, uh, cool! I uh, I rolled pretty well, um, and no ones or sixes. Um, I'll I'll only say if I get those. Um, so I got an eight on the dice and a five to begin with. So that's a thirteen. Yeah, you are able to use your good leggy leggy push to to kick off a bit of I'll say it was like almost like a like an access panel of some sort that was kind of on top of your legs, and you're able to push it open and and get yourself free. And then you're you're once you have loosened that a little bit, you are able to help Lita uh, to get free from her uh, her jam. Uh, but you cannot find Carrie anywhere near you. Okay, the good news is the legs are good. That's one less thing I have to worry about. Uh, Lito, what you see before you mm-hmm. is a man in a a kind of torn up coat, uh, a pair of of fairly fashionable but also seen better days pinstripe uh, trousers that are that are torn up, some Doc Martens, uh, bald hair, red uh, beard, a red bushy beard, uh, and uh, a, a kind of a, a vest that's been like ripped open as well. All right, come on, on your feet, and I, I offer Lita a hand. Lita, I'm also going to say this. It's very unusual to you th- to see a new person. Yeah. Uh, I, I say, uh, thanks. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know you. Oh, that's okay. I don't know who I am either. A brand new setup. Still, still uh, figuring okay. it out. Uh, but generally, I'm the doctor. Uh, apparently, he, him this time around. Uh, great to meet you. Great, great to, weird to meet you. Uh, have you just been here hiding the whole time, or what? What's what's your what's your deal? I, you, uh, no, I, I just arrived. I was I was just a woman on my ship a few moments ago, and you know, as things are, here I am now. Um, what's your name? You have a ship. Well, that's a good question. Right now, last thing I knew, it was exploding in my face. Are you well? Assuming it hasn't exploded, are you are you taking passengers? Usually, but uh, I've, the, the bigger concern is if it exists still. Uh, come on, let's, uh, let's go see if we can find my friend. Come on, let's go. And I, I basically start off and hope that this person follows me. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to do that because, because the doctor has a ship. And that is a great note to shift the scene over with. Now we are going to cut over to another space on the the IS. Uh, it is a sort of a garden. Imagine a garden that has none of the plants seem to be vegetate like food vegetables. This seems to be more of maybe an oxygen generating sort of garden. There are lots of trees, bushes, shrubberies, and things like that. None of them really seem like typical sizes. There are there are some that are that are smaller, not in a bonsai tree kind of way, but just an unnaturally small tree. And there are smaller 
like pieces of ivy and such that have grown up along the walls of this this chamber that are massive compared to the size of ivy you would normally see on the side of a building. So nothing in this room is kind of relative to the size of what it should be normally. And we find laying in a patch of oversized grass, Carrie Vu. Carrie, you wake up. Uh, the last thing you remember is the doctor uh, changing faces and suddenly the ship going into critical failure in front of you and then exploding. And now you find yourself laying in a bed of grass looking up at a artificial sky type ceiling. <sighs> well, at least I have snacks. Carrie, like... Carrie looks down and opens up her fanny pack, pulls out one of the granola bars. Hers is actually fresh and like <laughs> starts eating it as she's just laying on the ground. Cause you know, getting getting smacked on the ground takes takes the wind out of you. So I think she's gonna take a moment and just take it all in. Cause could confusion. Why? Who? What? When? Uh, go ahead and make for me an awareness and intuition check, I think. All right, so we've got two and three. Okay, so at least at least I'm kind of aware and got some good intuition right there. So we're starting at a five. It's also a first intuition check. Ooh, I rolled a four and a six. Ooh. Ooh All right. I just want to say that that's a 15 plus a, plus a yes and. Yeah, you get a yes and and a 15. You you super passed. And as, as Ben said, we have an intuition check, which is a new stat in the system. Ben, do you want to tell them what an intuition is since you were the one that thought that pointed it out? Yeah, absolutely. So intuition kind of functions the se- sort of the same as insight in Dungeons & Dragons. It is a way for players to kind of use their... Uh, intuition to uh, like read a person or investigate a scenario. Um, it's just another way of kind of getting a read on who someone is or where you are or what you're doing. And this is actually a great use of intuition on this success because of, with the yes and, I think Carrie, I think you've been traveling with a doctor enough and you've had enough experiences now of wild, weird things. You had a pretty long period of time after Travis left where you and the doctor went off on lots of adventures that we haven't yet seen and uh, may may not. We'll see if they finish calls us. We'll find out. But you are aware when things are weird in a situation and you immediately pick up on the fact that there are lots of trees and plants that are the wrong size and shape for what you expect them to be. So you're kind of having almost like a a natural version of like feel the turn of the universe happening here. And also, more importantly, you definitely know there is another being in this garden with you. Like a a, some something someone is moving around nearby you. You could hear it. All right. uh, With the sound of rustling, Carrie grabs her trusty bat that's now been strapped to her back. I don't know how, when or why. We'll just call it space magic. And uh, still half granola bar in her mouth. She's she's at the ready with her her bat up, kind of um, surreptitiously looking around. Okay, uh, you don't make out any like animals or, or people at first, but you do notice a sort of human-sized tree that is about tw- about a yard or about yeah about two or three yards away from you. Carrie yells out, "Hey, tree beard!" Uh, you, uh, taking the hobbits to Isengard? To Isengard, to Isengard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, first of all, I'm taking away all your story points for putting that in my head again. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so I believe that Rurik can tell us what, uh, what their reaction to this is. Uh, yeah, Rurik, uh, steps out of the shadows in a very well-lit kind of way. Uh, and he's one of the trees of Cheem, which if you uh, have seen the Christopher Eccleston season, is one of those tree people from the second episode. Uh, so he's like a cool tree dude. Um, Treebeard is not inaccurate. I think now having heard that, he's got like cool bits of bark that look like a beard coming off his head. And he's holding what the Ninth Doctor Sourcebook calls a metal machine, but I think that's uh, silly. And I'm instead going to call it a tree quarter. Uh, and he is taking a scan of, uh, of, um, of Carrie, uh, with it. Uh, and he says, uh, uh, please don't be alarmed. I, I, um, how did you, how did you get here? The, the scanner, you, how, 
There's been no one new. Well, it's your lucky day, because I'm the newest thing in here. Uh, Carrie extends her other granola bar from her fanny pack. Snack? You, you eat snacks? It's, it's, it's just nuts and fruit, so it, it's, it's okay for, for you. It's, it's not like cannibalism. <laughs> no, it is um, precisely uh, like cannibalism. Uh, but I, I'm, a, I'm a plant man, so I process the photosynthetic effects of the... Oh, yeah, the yeah, garden. yeah. Okay, no, no, no. So you're exactly what that one girl in, in physics thought humans were. She, she thought we could get carbs from the sun. Anyways, um, oh, no, I that, don't know no, how not, I got no. here, but we could reenact this really cool scene from Lord of the Rings where you put me on your shoulder and, and I just hop along for the ride and maybe we can talk a little bit since you seem to know this landscape better than myself and, you know got these like little human legs I, I should point out this person is about human size this is not a gigantic tree this is a this is a human sized tree I still think this line of talking works okay I'm still gonna go with this even okay. with that knowledge I like it better this way but I just want to make sure you were aware of the physics yeah. of the situation yeah yeah let's let's absolutely keep going I'm definitely happy to do a sort of standard Walk and talk, but I will not be carrying you upon my shoulders. That's not. Ah, uh, um, I can't be the Yoda to your Luke Skywalker. No, 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 no Spider Monkey. No, no. And like the 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 tree gentleman starts walking away as Carrie just makes all these really bad movie references of like backpacking behind him. All right, and as as this tree and Carrie now start to head uh, towards uh, somewhere we don't know yet where we cut back to uh, Lita and the doctor who have now found their way uh, roaming into a sort of like support center of the IS. This is kind of where the default leader we mentioned earlier, Imelda, uh, typically operates out of. This is where people living on the IS come to to mitigate uh, disputes or to, to deal with issues like that. Uh, and so... Lita and the doctor head into this sort of chamber and they find Imelda, who is an older woman. She's probably probably in her 50s. She's a little bit heavy set, uh, has like kind of big, like curly hair, um, looks just covered in, in various bits of like grease and stuff like that from doing various work around the station, not, not unlike Lita uh, helping trying to fix things, uh, but typically is kind of more the person in charge. So typically is like, just like doing a, you know, she's well, she's not unwilling to get her hands dirty, but she's also not necessarily the mechanic of the station, if that makes sense. And she is currently, uh, when you walk in, she is standing in front of two other residents of the station who are currently arguing because they are dealing with a resource dispute. So both of them want to use the same uh, device. For, as the other one and they're they're bickering over it and Imelda is this woman uh, Lita you know her very well she is kind of trying to negotiate between them and and it's not going well it is a it is a person that you know named uh, named Creeley and a woman whose name is is Moira David's mom and uh, they are debating over of the use of it so that is what you're walking in on aha I found you who are you? Where am I? I, 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 I'm, I'm asking for real. I do not know where I am. Is this a planet? Um, I'm sorry. This, this, I found this person in, in the trash, and I, they're new. I want to stress this is a new person. You found a, you found a person in the trash. I found an entire person in the actual trash. What Hello? were you doing? What were you doing in the trash? Either one of you. This question could, could be asked to. Great question. Don't have an answer. I'm the doctor. This is my new friend. What, what's your name? Oh, uh, my name's Lita. You, you know me. This is my uh, new friend, Lita. No, I, I, yeah. Lita, I know. Uh, Lita normally should be at the machine shop, but you're bringing a stranger to my my meetings. Um, yeah, I, so just, I already mentioned this. I stopped by Doug's, and then Doug's did that thing where it vanished. It's, you know how wait, it goes. Wait, we lost, we lost Doug's. We lost, we lost that sector. 
Yeah, like this whole little news agent section is just kind of gone. Anyway, so I was heading from. Well, no, hang on. That's not. Be... That's not just anyway. That explains the conflict here. Do you know what else was in Doug's sector? Doug, probably. I was gonna say Doug. Some very disappointing granola bars and probably the only mildly edible coffee on the on, on the IS. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, let's let's all have a moment. We're gonna miss Doug. He was very friendly. Uh, but we're also missing the larder full of our mates and the edible plant garden. Oh. IS, is is this a space station? Everyone kind of doesn't know how to answer that question. Everyone kind of, you ask that, and everyone's like, I, I think so? We've kind of all been here a long time, and we're not really sure Oh, I love a space station. I love a space station. Life out in the void, surviving where it shouldn't. Oh, I love it. Oh, this is great. You. Oh, well done, everyone. Well done. And I go around shaking hands with everyone. Okay, right. you as you're shaking hands, the people that you immediately notice are Imelda, obviously. Uh, you have passed uh, Creeley and David's, uh, more with David's mom, who are kind of like still arguing amongst themselves as you go on. Uh, you also run into a a man wearing a, a like a pair of kind of like khaki pants and a vest that has like kind of a weapon ready on it, uh, who seems like maybe like a security guard of some sort or some sort of like. That, like a protection person, uh, and you also find a figure who you recognize as an Auton. Oh, hello there. Hello. Wow, I'm so you not used to. Uh, well, no, that would be terrible of me to say. I'd say that you you're used to chasing me, but no, just because you're an Auton doesn't mean you're bad. That's terrible. Sorry, new brain. Um, and I actually pass out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it. Uh, first of all, give yourself a story point for that. I love that you decided not to fast out. Uh, second of all, the Auton looks up at Lita, and Lita, you know them. Their name is Xerox, and they are kind of the station uh, historian, and they're very chill. They're an Auton. Yeah. You, don't, you don't really know what an Auton is, but you know that, uh, that Xerox pretty chill. I, I say to Xerox. So, okay, so he very clearly recognized you... Do you recognize him at all? I do not recognize this person. Okay. Well, does anyone have any smelling salts? Other than Doug, who is not here anymore. Oh, I I don't think we have anything like that available off the top of our head, but uh, you might be able to check the clinic. Maybe the clinic might have something you could look at. Okay, um, you keep an eye on him. I will be right back. Don't let him out of your sight. And then I immediately run in the direction of the clinic. Okay. Uh, that's a great stopping point to move us back over uh, to Carrie and Rurik, who are making your way. Uh, so basically, Carrie, you have now been taken out of the garden by Rurik, and you are now heading into a library, which is this massive chamber that is just full of books. Uh, but the problem is you can't just easily cross it. It's not like a, there's a walkway, but the best way I can describe this library is as a non-Euclidean library. Like it is, it feels like the further you move into this hallway, the further away the door feels like it is, but yet also the closer. It's like, it's like the room is almost constantly adjusting around you to be a different size and shape as you go on. So like we could have been Timon and Pumbaa, Hakuna matata or, you know, we could have been, like, the the Three Stooges together, or, you know, when Harry met Sally. Carrie, Carrie's just running through different pairings as they're still going through this long hallway. Hey, does it seem like this hallway just keeps getting longer and longer for some reason? Oh, yes, it, it, it does that. Um, uh, don't worry, it'll calm down in a second. Uh, we just have to... We have to get past biographies. It's... It gets like this. And so Rorik uh, keeps walking uh, through like he's done this before. He's uh, a practiced denizen of the library. I have to say, the, by, by the way, all the, the sort of titles you're mentioning, the library only has uh, uh, books. So if those are like video things, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Rorik, could you make for me an awareness and knowledge check to see how well you're able to navigate this room? Because even though you're used to it, it's still difficult. Whoa. <laughs> I rolled a four and a six. Okay, so that's a ten on an eight 
base. So I think and with with a yes and on it. So I think you're probably good. Um, uh, yeah, you are able to. You know exactly the path. You almost like. It's it's like watching someone go through like obstacle course. They've already completed a bunch of times, so you actually have the movements down and stuff like that. Uh, Carrie, I want to have you roll for me a coordination, and uh, I'm also gonna say intuition. This is like to see if you're able to kind of pick up what Rorik just dropped. So that's a seven base plus four plus three, which is fourteen total. Okay, uh, it's a little bit more difficult for you. It takes you a little bit longer to do it, and I think Rurik almost seems like impatient. I don't know, actually, I'm not going to speak for Rurik. Uh, you definitely, Rurik has to hold back a few times to wait for you, but with that level of a, of a roll, you're able to get through it. Well handled, by the way, on the, the little kind of trapeze bit there. It's tricky. Uh, this bit goes 90 degrees, so just hold on one second. Uh, and Rurik just like reaches a foot out and starts walking up 90 degrees, full-on labyrinth style. Uh, up one of the library walls. Uh, so yeah, the public square is just over this uh, ridge here past, um, what is this? Oh, cookbooks, cookbook, fantastic. There's a Julia Child in there, you just have to, anyway. And um, yeah, Rurik just keeps leading uh, uh, Carrie through. Oh, by the way, I'm Rurik. I'm of the Trees of Cheem. It's a pleasure to meet you. Oh, it, it's so nice to meet you, R- Rurik. I'm, I'm Carrie. Hey. Carrie. How are you? She, like, shoots him finger guns. <laughs> and we've just canonically confirmed that Carrie is bisexual. Yes! <laughs> just the lighting. Had we not on. done that already? All right. I feel like we we had not. We had not clarified that statement. Just wanted to clarify that statement. If we hadn't done it before, the finger guns have definitely cemented it. <laughs> yeah, Rourke takes a Later second. Later on, we'll find a chair for Carrie to have a hard time sitting on. I was just going to say, Rurik's going to find a chair and sit with, like, his legs over one of the arms and then his arms behind one of the legs. So he can be canonically confirmed as well real quick. Um, So, yeah, Rurik's just going to keep trying to lead Carrie through the library and point out various weird uh, anomalies like, um, I don't know, like a fountain of books or um, a sort of shelf made of smaller shelves. Oh, I like that. Or uh, I just came up with that on the fly because I can't think of a third thing. Uh, I think there's I really a, there's a giant thing. book that has little shelves on top of the book. <laughs> there's a, yes, it's a, it's a shelf point, book. There's just a door and I open it and it's a book and I'm like, oh no, sorry. I close that door. I open the other door, which is a cover of a book. And that's actually a door. And we go through that. Yeah. Actually, the, the first, there's actually two books that if you open one book, you come out the other book. Oh, sorry, not that. Wait, hold on. Uh, and then he goes back through that book and comes out the other book and then goes through another subsequent book. And then Carrie's just being like her usual self jumping in between the two books, like back and forth going, I'm in one area. Now I'm in the next area. Now I'm here. And now I'm back. Can't tell which room I'm going to be in next. Hey, Carrie, give yourself a story point because that's like your focus to a T. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now we are going to go back to Lita, who has run into, we'll say, the living quarters area where there's a small clinic uh, towards the front of where everyone lives that you have kind of like, everyone has kind of put any sort of medical stores and stuff like that. Okay, uh, I immediately rush in and uh, is there a person who mends the clinic area that I would I would be aware of? I think I don't think there's like a particular person. I think that Imelda okay. probably kind of keeps track of like materials and stuff like that. I will say that I think I think uh, the human that we talked about the, uh, the the human man security guy follows you. Mm-hmm. He goes okay. with you. Okay. Not uh, not like I, he's, not like he thinks you're in, like you're in danger. He just like is trying to help if he can. No, he and suspects some shoplifting. It's probably Michael will Michael uh, will play that character as well. Okay. Uh, you actually know you actually know this person by the way, uh, Lita. Uh, his name is Captain Anthony Edwards. Okay, I say, uh, uh, Tony, smelling salts. Where where do you keep them in here? Uh, uh, third cabinet down, bottom shelf. It's just back there. Yeah. Cool. I immediately go rummaging for for smelling salts. And while I'm here, I'd like to see if there's any kind of. Is there anything uh, tricorder adjacent that I can use to like scan the doctor's life signs? Um. I'm gonna make you spend story points for that. That's gonna cost you two story points because that's a pretty okay, yeah, complicated I'm, thing. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to spend story points on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna spend two two story points and have a little 
have a little hand scanner, you know, like a medical tricorder kind of deal. Sorry, medical tricorder kind of deal. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, so yeah, you have that, and you pick that up, and I'm going to have you roll for me. I'm going to have you roll a awareness and knowledge to see. Actually, awareness and medicine to see if you know what the smelling salts are. Oh, boy, my medicine is zero. All right, uh, so base of three... Uh, and then I rolled 10, I rolled a 4 and a 6. Okay, yeah, not only do you find... I'll, I'll, I'll say that because you got the yes and, I will give you back your story points, and I'll say oh, that you, you found the smelling salts and the tricorder, because you had a pretty good roll, plus you had a yes and. Awesome, thank you. And the thing is, as you walk away, the audience notices that the smelling salts that you just grabbed are still on the table. Okay. As if, like, you took them, but they remain. Okay, that's interesting, but I do, I do not know that. Gotcha. All right, so yeah, I'm just going to dash back to uh, that that power area that we were in earlier to uh, administer smelling salts to the doctor and also uh, give him a quick scan with the medical tree recorder. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, go ahead and make a, I'll say, a ingenuity and technology roll for me for the medical scan. Okay, so that puts me on very good footing. I'm starting off with a nine. Yeah, you are a sciencey person, so. Yes. All right, so it's a nine, and then I rolled a seven, I rolled a six, and a one. Okay. Because you are scanning a Time Lord, and this is a physiology you don't really mm-hmm. understand, I'm going to have the one hold sway here. Okay. So your total was seven, plus your actual roll was, was a success. So I'm going to yeah. use uh, in this case I'm going to I'm going to impose the, the lesser role, which is that you sure. you aren't noticing anything that like tells you something is medically like really wrong with him, but it's almost like it's so it's so in flux as it scans that you cannot get a it's so in flux that you can't get yourself a solid. I saw Dan nodding, so I'm just going to lean into it. Uh, you can't get a solid reading off of it, but he is still unconscious right. for now unless you use the smelling salts on him. I uh, I kind of snap at the the medical tree corner and kind of casually toss it to one side and then I crack open the smelling salts and waft them under the doctor's nostrils. And then I say, I really hope this is your nose. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to make you roll for smelling salts. I'll say that they work uh, just for sake of moving things forward. So, Doctor, you are now uh, awakened again uh, by the smelling salts. <gasps> and I think um, we get like a bit of that plume of the regeneration energy. Uh comes out in, in like that healthy kind of way. Um, and yeah, the doctor just sits bolt upright. Okay, so we're on a space station, or maybe not, and uh, people are missing, and things are going missing, but people are more concerned about industrial equipment. Tell me more about this station. And I'm not really saying this to anyone, I'm saying it to everyone. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm just gonna say uh, Captain Tony has joined the group at the public square, and he says, Oh, hold on there. How about you tell us a little bit more about you, uh, Mr... Doctor. Doc. The Doctor. Oh, no. Uh... Oh, no. Wait, Tony, do you... Do you know this person? Imelda says. Uh, no, no, no. There's... It can't be. There's always... No. No. We don't have a doctor on the station, so if there is someone who knows a little bit of medicine, it might not be the worst thing in the world. And and I've gotten up, and I am just walking around the room and like touching buttons but not quite pressing them and just sort of like almost like that tactile way of trying to understand what this room is while still listening but just constantly in motion and i i say i'm very sorry i must have grabbed one of the monster energy drink flavored smelling salts i'm not sure what has happened here um dan i'm gonna have you make a a uh presence and technology role Okay, so I'm only starting at an 11 for this. It's, uh, it's fun being the doctor. Darn. <laughs> uh, and a 2 and a 5, so that's a 7. So that's an 18 in total. Okay. Uh, okay. You notice, doctor, that it, just by virtue of being the doctor and hitting switches and reading things in that, in that annoying way, the doctor just picks up what's happening with something as, as, they, as they look at it. Uh, he notices that the power on the station is at a dangerously low level. Like there is almost like a, a drain on power happening right now. And uh, it looks like lots of power is being redirected to some sort of function, but you can't quite tell what it is or why. I, I, I approached Lita. Uh, what kind of station is this? Is it is it a mining operation? Are you manufacturing? Is it a spaceport? What, what, what do you do here? Um, 
And I get the impression, based on what you have said before, Riley, that I, that's information that I don't really know or have a firm grasp of. It's always kind of just on the other side of your awareness. Um, so I, uh, I, I was well. It's it's kind of um, uh, it's. Uh, oh, oh, God, I, I know this. The best it way I can is... describe this is, like, do you remember in Last Christmas when everyone's react answer to how long you've been here is it's a long story? It's that yeah. kind of thing where you don't quite know. Yeah. Uh, oh, in that case, my response to that is, uh, well, you know, it's this and that, you know. Okay, space station, things going strange. I find myself here. I'm right at home. I'd like to not be. If we can find your ship, well, no. First things first, we have to find my friend. Okay, cool. How how do we how do we do that? I Is just... there any more? I mean, you were under a pile of rubble. That's not the only pile of rubble and debris in this place. I'm sure we could just like go dig it. Can I can I borrow someone's cell phone? A uh, cell comm device, phone? whatever, anything paging system. Well, we we have a overhead. If that's what you're talking about, like kind of a just like a PA system. Uh, Lovely. Like we're in the communication center, so I, I, I walk over to it and I and I pull out uh, the I pull out the trusty old Sonic, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna Sonic the sound system so that it can act as a two way uh, rather than just as a as a PA system. Okay. Do you want to use the you want to use your story points for that? Or you want to roll for it? Um. So on my equipment sheet, uh, sorry, on my sheet in the equipment, it does say the distinctions, which are the new ways of doing traits for devices and um, characters. Uh, it does say unlock slash seal, scan, and transmit, and then I have three story points available for new functions. So I, um, is that is that what that means, Michael? Because I, I yes, that's what I thought. I thought I thought the story points were for transmitting and scanning. My understanding is the story points are for the the gadget to do new things. Yes. Um, okay, so like if you want to like something outside yeah. of the main functions of it. Yeah. Okay, uh, then yeah. in that case, I'm just gonna have you roll for it to see how effective it is. Sure. Uh, so I'm gonna have you roll a. Uh, I'm gonna have you roll uh, ingenuity and technology to, to scan. Yeah, I gotta get used to this. It's just my ingenuity is a nine. Like, I'm going into this with a 15. <laughs> oh, oh, Dan, is the doctor's, are doctor's uh, points pretty high? I didn't know that. I think you were letting me know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying, all these things. Uh, I will say, though, uh, I did roll a one and a six, so do with that as you will. Uh, I think this time I'm gonna let you have it as a, as a six. I think that story-wise it makes more sense. Uh, in the meantime, Captain Tony picks up the the medical tree quarter that was thrown away, um, and I think could I do like another like subterfuge kind yeah. of scan on the doctor? Yeah, I think you can. I think go ahead and make a. I'm going to make you do a. I'm going to do presence to indicate that you're trying to do it. Uh, I'm actually going to instead of have you do technology, I'm going to have you do coordination and subterfuge because you're trying to do this kind of on the, the low key. I think you know how this works. You know the machine, so you don't need to roll for that. But Alright, so I started with a seven, but I rolled double sixes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the best I've ever rolled it. I'm some random guy in the background. It's great. This is great. Yeah, uh, that is a yes and and. So I'm actually going to hand this over to you as I think, I think that's my rule for double sixes is I'm going to actually let you decide how good the success is. It's kind of like when someone rolls, like, uh, like a, like a, when I, it's like almost like doing like, how do you want to do this kind of thing? It's like basically with your double sixes, I want you to tell me what, uh, what Anthony Edwards finds when he scans the doctor. So I think the button on this scene before we head over to a Carrie and Rorick is, is you see Captain uh, Tony Edwards. He looks at the, the tree quarter, the scan does that like zoom in to the doctor's chest and shows two hearts beating. And then he just moves his other hand and does that kind of cowboy move of his leather coat to reveal a squareness gun. And he, like, cocks it and it goes... Oh, I love that. All right, that's great. And that actually perfectly brings us to the end of that scene. So now we are going to cut over to uh, Carrie and Rurik, who are passing through the public square. This is an area that is almost, like, the best way I can describe this is, like, on the good place when the town was being, like, reshaped and moved around it is like that like it looks like a quaint small town but then suddenly looks like a different town like it just constantly feels like it's being redesigned around itself it's not as difficult to pass as the library it is one constant path but it does feel like it's trying to decide what this little cute like common area should be as you're walking through this suddenly you hear a voice crack over the intercom 
And what does that voice say, Doctor? This is the doctor calling Carrie. Come in, Carrie. This is the doctor. Oh. Oh, it's a new one. <gasps> Carrie! Uh. Oh, oh, he can hear me. Oh, God! No, just Only the doctor. Just Kenobi? the doctor. No, just, just glad to know you're alive. And, and also, we're in the same place. So, yay, points. Hey, hey. Are you okay? Are you hurt? No. That's, that's not the best no I've ever heard, but I'll take the no. Um, do you know where you are? Because I haven't the foggiest. No. Why would you? You'd know better than that. Why would you ask me such a silly question? <laughs> Who is this guy? She she leans back to the do- the other doctor and, like, laughs and points at this guy at the voice. And Rurik is like, no, you tell me, who is this guy? That's what I would also oh, like to oh, know. Oh, okay, so there was this doctor, but she was a she, but now she seems to be a he, and we're here together with you, but we don't know how. How am I, how am I doing, Doc? You're doing aces. Uh, Carrie's new friend. Uh, hello, um... If, if you are familiar with this station, we are in the communication center. Uh, I don't know where you are, so if you can come to me, that would be just wonderful. Um, over and out. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, uh, yeah, okay, all right. And Carrie just starts walking away. Uh, ac- and then she turns around. Uh, actually, I have no idea where I'm going. Can you, can you, do you, as a tree, do you have... Like cardinal positions, like like you know how animals have intuition and they always know where to go. Do you have a version of this, but for trees? All right, I I am connected to a sort of subwave mycelial network across all awesome. plant life, but I also do know where Great. I'm going because I'm a sentient being and have a sense of direction. I just oh, I am so sorry. You know what? You know what? You can. Why don't you hold on to my favorite, my favorite thing? And she she hands over Mr. Huffles from her her bum bag. Why, why don't you give him a squeeze? He helps me out in times of need. Rurik gives Mr. Huffle like the longest, slowest, wheeziest squeeze this toy has ever given, and then it like he lets it like quote unquote breathe back in, like reinflate, and he's like, it's incredible. <laughs> I know, right? You know what? You know what? You can keep that one. You you can keep that one. That one's for you. I can find another one. I... The, you... Oh, that's for you. You can have that. Yeah. That's that's for you. you. You can keep that in a nice place. You know? You squeeze him when you're stressed. When you see him, you can think of me in a positive manner. And uh, Rurik, like has this moment of you know the distraction of Mr. Huffle ends and he remembers the thing that like five seconds ago was terrifying him and he looks Carrie dead in the eye and goes this this the do- the doctor you mean the is he is he a time lord uh yeah uh, and Rorik gives this look of um, just pure sympathy, and it's like, "Oh, you're in, you're in grave danger." Ah, oh, when am I not? <laughs> we cut back to this scene in this control room where the doctor has made contact with Carrie, so the doctor knows that Carrie is okay, uh, but you know she's somehow lost in this strange station with you and now your attention is probably drawn back again to the fact that this station seems to have prioritized a transfer of power to a system that matters more to it than anything else including at the sacrifice of uh, life support systems when needed uh, okay yeah so I, I I turn back to the uh, assembled masses and first I say Lita thank you for waking me up I, I, I'm i still not quite myself it may happen again um, so I might need you at the ready um, but thank you. Uh, you, you you're, you're very good so I, I'm noticing strange energy everywhere uh, the fact that pieces of your station go missing never a good never a good sign uh, so uh, 
you, uh, and I point to uh, Amelda, you, you seem the most in charge. Uh, where, am, where am I? You're, you're in the control center of the IS. Right, and, and the IS is what? The, our home. It just is. Yeah, just where we are. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give a general scan with the Sonic, because that's, that's always step one. <laughs> okay, go ahead and make for me a awareness and technology roll. 19. Okay. No, 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 19. Uh, I'm gonna say that your, tar- your, your Sonic is giving you so many readings that you aren't really able to pinpoint one single thing down. Uh, but what I will give you for that is that you almost get the feeling that you are maybe in some sort of pocket universe and not in standard space. And that's why that's why the readings are going so haywire because it's almost like this universe that you're in is constantly shifting and being created and moved around you. Okay, yeah, I, I do a thing where I look at the Sonic like I'm mad at it for giving me this reading, and then I kind of, like, shake it, like, that'll fix it, but then I realize, no, wait, it's right. So uh, I'm going to go over to a control panel, and uh, I want to press a button to open up, like, a view window, because I want to see outside. Not, obviously, into the vacuum of space or whatever. It's like, you know, <laughs> there's some sort of transparent steel or something, or a force field, but I, I want to take a look outside. I'm gonna make. I'm not gonna make you roll for that. There's nothing that has that function. Oh, interesting. So people missing. Uh, have people gone missing before? You said uh, Doug, the newsstand worker, has gone missing. Uh, has this happened before? I know time seems a little, you know. Um, unfortunately, yes, it has happened quite a bit. You see, the, the station will prioritize its own existence over, over, people's lives, which is a tragic part of our life. So we're we've we've tried our best to to lower that we try to keep the you know the power flow steady and stable so that doesn't happen but whenever it needs power it does tend to remove things that drain the power i do like how selfless you are towards the station but uh i'm worried uh, that not, you all die it's not really a matter of selflessness on our part it's a matter of we don't really understand this technology and we can't really stop it so we try our best to keep ourselves alive as long as possible oh well that's a letdown, but still, you're doing, you're fighting the good fight. Uh, so uh, I want to see if I could maybe get, um, uh, you, you said all the powers being, you know, sent to one area. Uh, I want to see if I can pull up maybe some sort of schematic to see where this area is in regard to where I am right now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you find, uh, I'm going to have you roll again. I, I know this is almost like a, a, a exercise in futility, but go ahead and roll for me. Are you ready for this? Awareness and technology. <laughs> that's fine. That's what the game is. Uh, that's an 18. Not okay. as good as last time, but still pretty okay. good. You, you, so you you were able to get a map of the station. And I, think, I don't know if we've shared the map with you, but we will share it with you uh, soon. Uh, but basically, to the left of where you are, there is the garden and the library and the public square that, that Carrie and Rurik have moved through. You are currently in a power and support area. Uh, there is a living quarters section. And there is like an area uh, next to you that has a bunch of tubes. Uh, like like uh, pneumatic tubes and stuff like that. There is Lita's shop, and then there is kind of a section of the map that leads uh, beyond the living quarters, and that seems to be where the power is going to. Doctor, as you look at these schematics, I think enough time has passed that Lita and uh, I'm sorry that Carrie and Rurik have now found their way to the uh, the support center and the power station and comms like this this comms base that you're in, and uh, they have now arrived. So now you are all united. Yeah, I think as soon as the door opens, the doctor turns and sees Carrie and does like a full speed sprint towards her, but at the last second puts on the brakes and says, "Permission to hug." Consent granted. And then I give I give Carrie a hug. Like, I'm so happy you're alive. And you're you you different. You wow. Oh, just Carrie's no. Carrie's just patting the doctor very robotically. Like you can just hear like the. It's it's just new hard. It's patting. just new hardware. Same software. It it's still me. It's still the doctor. I promise. Uh huh. Okay. Carrie does her sort of like suspicious her don't be suspicious like side eye that we know from season three so this is my new friend Lita um uh there's a crazy power fluctuation thing kind of our specialty but he said we go check it out 
You know, you say you remember the old stuff, and yet you forget that I am technologically incapable of nearly everything. Oh, that's okay. Lita has coveralls on, so I'm just assuming that she knows what she's doing. <laughs> oh, all right. Does, yeah, does she um, have a wrench, too? And, like, Carrie's just listing off other, like, does she have goggles? What about a measuring tape? Does she have a level? Yeah, every time every time Carrie says something, like, I, like she mentions the goggles, I point at my goggles. When she mentions a wrench, I pull out this kind of multi-tool, and I'm flicking buttons, and the head is kind of changing shape, like this kind of organic liquid into, like, the shape of a wrench or the shape of a Phillips head screwdriver or a socket wrench. Just kind of, like, all kind of multi-purpose tools that you would find in a toolbox, but, like, in one handy-dandy little gadget. And this... And uh, Captain Tony pulls out his squareness pistol and levers, levels it at the doctor. Is a gun. Ask Michael what his uh, short-term and long-term goals are. Michael's not playing a PC. Uh, my short-term goal is uh, get through this episode, and my long-term goal is get through this uh, season. So, hey, good. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. What's your fo- and what's your focus, Michael? Uh, my focus is uh, uh, time code vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> <laughs>